is going to need a little bit, maybe like one more day until she's full strength again. Everybody in Clubhouse, hear us. Are we up and rolling? Good to go. Boom. What's wrong? You got music playing? Bruh, like, I'm like on air talent. I'm not like good at like, the controls. <laughs> We need to out. We need to out turn. <laughs> I got it. Yeah, I'll hit up Maha. See if we can get some uh, some people with uh, some little uh, UCLA. Yeah, UCLA, USC. Some interns. Even like Cal State's. You are tuned into the State of Cannabis News Hour, where industry leaders, regulators, and lovers of cannabis gather collectively to move policy forward in an inclusive and sustainable way. Professionals and cannabis curious alike can tune in to hear leading cannabis experts share and discuss headlines, critical industry issues, social topics, and more. This is the State of Cannabis State of Cannabis News Hour, your daily dose. What we got today, Jason? What we got? Welcome to the State of Cannabis News Hour, where we bring you all the top stories you need to know and talk about them for four minutes and 20 seconds. We are a group of experts in different cannabis spaces with a wide diversity of perspectives and life experiences. Our news is bite-sized, infused with a nice mix of facts, opinions, and just a pinch of humor. It's Wednesday, July 13, 2022, and this is episode 321, and I'm Jason Beck, the longest continuous retail operator of cannabis in the universe. What do you have, Rico? For today's lineup, we're going to have NBA Players Union partners with former star Al Harrington on CBD product line to be distributed Amazon and Walmart. Uh, Jersey City busts illegal cannabis dispensary and seizes marijuana from smoke shop. Congressman urges marijuana banking be added to the defense bill. What else we got here? We uh, also have... Jersey, uh, we just went over that one. (laughs) Shenandoah Nation breaks ground on a new Long Island cannabis dispensary. Uh, Growing forward, tribal governments navigate legal cannabis and many other frosty bites. If you are listening to the podcast, the show is live every weekday, 9 a.m. Pacific on Twitter Spaces and Clubhouse. And uh, sparking it up with sparking up with us in over thirty four thousand state of cannabis news hour members. If you want to be an audience participant, and please support our show by subscribing and leaving us a review. I will be uh, audience. Feel free to raise your hands and participate. Weigh in on a headline after it's been read, and we'll try to bring you up to stage. Keep it brief and relevant, or you may just get the. you will be removed from the stage it's no love lost we love everybody but we got to keep it moving all right so um, my name is rico lamina i'm the dopest dad on the street and the founder of cannavision global decentralized media i like to ask tough questions mainstream media refuses to ask and bring it back to the people you can find me on tedx stages or reverend cannavision out in these los angeles streets but always here every weekday as a co-producer of the state of cannabis news hour all right, so my story today is coming from Benzinga by Kyle Yeager. NBA Players Union partners with former star Al Harrington on CBD product line to be sold by Amazon and Walmart. In yet another example of cannabis being normalized in, a professional, in professional sports, Tuesday afternoon, the NBA Players Union announced a new partnership with former uh, NBA player Al Harrington's company, Harrington Wellness, making the CBD supplier an official partner promoting the sale of CBD products to be distributed through Walmart and Amazon. While the relationship uh, between professional athletic organizations and cannabis has slowly evolved since hemp was federally legalized and more states um, have moved to broadly and prohibition, Jaeger notes that the NBA specifically has been receptive to cannabis policy changing uh, changes pushed by the NBA PA. NBA announced late last year it was extending its policy of not randomly drug testing players for marijuana through the two, uh, 2021 and 22 season after Commissioner Adam Silver said in tw- uh, December 2020, the league's decision on cannabis drug testing made amid the pandemic's peak could eventually become permanent. Per the article, this was followed by a first-of-its-kind taxpayer-funded marijuana PSA aired in most of uh, New York during the NBA Finals game last month. 
uh, addressing racially discriminated harms of cannabis criminalization and highlighting steps that, that regulators are taking to right the wrongs of prohibition. The deal to sell Harrington Wellness's line of replay CBD products includes infused topicals and other products like kinesiology, uh, kinesiology tape um, and massage guns. And the first product release is a line of recovery creams developed with Avicana. Uh, the Amazon and Walmart distribution end of this deal is notable as they are the top two largest retailers globally. And while both already sell CBD products, none are as high profile as Replay being connected to Harrington, who's not only an ex-pro athlete, but also a lifestyle cannabis celebrity now with his Viola branded products in the, C in the THC lane. In a press release, Harrington was quoted saying Replay's partnership with the NBA will provide consumers with a wealth of trusted technology-driven products to help them recover like a pro. By partnering with Amazon and Walmart, two leading retailers, we can continue our mission to bring high-quality recovery, promoting products to the everyday consumer in places that they are looking for them. Gaining access to a new set of pain relief seeking consumers allows Replay the opportunity to further establish itself as a, as a trusted brand in the recovery category. Full disclosure, I personally love this story as it's the documented realization of Al's ver uh, vision explained to me personally four years ago now. I sat down with Al and his team to plan out their first event in California market as he was looking to uh, expand leveraging Viola's brand prowess, uh, which was beginning to, bro uh, to grow more rapidly from its Colorado roots. Um, we soft launched Replay and Harrington uh, Wellness as we did a first of ever of its kind panel with ex-NBA players recruiting, uh, recounting stories of how cannabis helped them extend their careers. We had Al um, Baring Davis, Kenyon Martin, Glenn Davis, Matt Barnes, and uh, specifically Al said in our panel discussion, it was his goal to partner with the league sometime down the line and gain global distribution for the brand as he believed CBD would be the bridge needed for the gap between athletes and mainstreaming cannabis. I have it on tape too. Uh, congrats to Al and Harrington Wellness on the, and on the NBA. APA deal, and I'll be looking forward to see more stigma de dismantling deals like this down the road. This is Rico Lamite, dopest dad on the street for the State of Cannabis News Hour. I'd love to hear y'all's less biased thoughts on this story as well. What do you, what do you, what do you have to say about this, Jason? Well, Rico, before Jason chimes in, I have a quick question. Mm -hmm. Does it say anywhere uh, where the CBD products are coming from? Is this hemp derived or is this uh, from, from cannabis? As of right now, it's hemp derived, but um, it is a CBD brand, and they do have full spectrum products um, on where they are legal as well. I think it's dope too. So I, I think anytime that you're able to get the NBA Players Association to support it, and also be able to get in mainstream markets like Walmart and Amazon, um, even though there's products there, um, there's something to be said of having something from one. Uh, Al has put the work in. I don't know if you guys know the story of Viola. Um, I know it a little bit in regards to how he named the company after his grandmother. And, you know, it's just, you know, something that really feels good and you're able to connect with consumers. I'll tell you this. People think and sleep on consumers being able to have choice and being able to connect with brands. Brands who don't connect with consumers and taking consideration of what matters to them from a social and also from a price point, um, you are going to lose the game, in my opinion, um, as we go forward, uh, as we go forward and see this industry continue to grow. Agreed. I mean, great job for Al. I mean, as long as there's more people out there buying these types of products, which I don't understand why people buy them, but nonetheless, they still do. I'm all for it. You know, I'm a free market capitalist. So go on out, get the fucking money, bro. <laughs> We try, so we try, we try to say, Jason, CBD don't work. CBD is, is snake oil, bro. Snake oil salesman. Rico, uh, since this is going through the Players Association, yes. do you think this means that a current player, if they like the product, could endorse it publicly? This, it's, I think it's, it's going to depend on what kind of other endorsement deals they have. Yeah. More than what's going to depend on what the NBA says. Because the NBA doesn't even test players for weed. So exactly. They have an open door policy with players smoking. So it ain't going to be no problem on that. Yeah, great, 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 great points, uh, Jason. It, it depends on the market they're in. It, it depends on each individual club and their rules. And it also depends on their other endorsements because some of the um, the other endorsement deals have clauses in them that they can't touch cannabis or they can't talk about um, uh, certain things. So each deal is going to be different. And um, it'll be a, a weird period of time between now and federal legalization where a lot of these um, uh, deals are going to be one-offs for uh, individual players. Um, so we'll, the devil's in the details. That's what I'm going to say. 
Um, and just and just also, I think we have to understand that it's not the matter of playing of asking other players to endorse this product. It's the fact that the Players Association has come out saying they endorse and support what he's doing. You leverage that versus I don't think he needs another player to endorse it. I mean, if they do, that's great or what have you. Mm-hmm. I think that is going to be a dollar figure that if another player wants to endorse it, um, I think for him, he's going to leverage the fact that the NBA Players Association has supported, endorsed, and maybe have something you know in the byline or in the bio or the description of the product or something that puts it out there. Or even from a press release today, um, you were getting is getting coverage because of this connection that he was able to make. Yeah, right. I get that. I get that totally. And when I say for a player to endorse it, I'm not talking about a monetary endorsement. I'm talking about a guy just coming out on Instagram saying, you know, I like right. this product is helping me or something. Because obviously, while this is nice and all, I think if you can get some major players supporting it, that's going to get you a lot more press in this press release. Agreed. And yeah, I agreed. Like some actual players are actually still playing the game, Gretchen. Yeah, so I'm talking about current NBA players. Well, Clay Clay Thompson was was doing that with uh, Vertical Brands last year. I don't know what happened with that deal. I got to hit up Carlos Du, the CEO over at um, um, uh, Superbad Inc. But they actually did um, a deal with Clay Thompson, and there is a couple of other players, and it just all depends on which team you're playing with and what their what their policies are uh right now and i guess like if it's a hemp-based product it's a hemp-based product it's, right. le- it's now, legal now I'm just thinking, since we don't have interstate commerce we have not seen many celebrity endorsed brands be like that great and effective right but since it is something that can be sold on amazon at amazon and walmart um i think if a, a current player were to come out and really put you know his name on and say i really love this I think this is something we can see if it can take off and if celebrity endorsement really does matter uh, before we even get into interstate commerce. Agree 100%. And it might be something that we see uh, change very, very quickly with that FCC deal if that goes through, was it uh, this week or next week, Um, allowing for actual advertisements from cannabis companies in markets um, where it is legal. So times are changing and we shall see. You know, Rico, if I was going to start a CBD company, I think I would probably call it Dreams because that's basically all the shit that you're selling to people when you sell on FA CBD products. Dreams? Pretty much. Pipe Dreams. I think you can speak for yourself there, Jason. It's been real effective for me and it's made a lot of difference to thousands of people. So you're welcome to your opinion, but uh, I have a different one. That is that is a 100% my opinion, Christopher. Thank you, sir. CBD for the win. Let's keep smoking the news. Or the dream. Or the dream, right? <laughs> yeah, CBD would be for the dream, too. Do you dream big, Jason? Huge. 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 Huge dreams. Is, 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 it, is, is it a nightmare or is it wet? Let's keep smoking the news. Are you dreaming of electric sheep? That's the question. <laughs> oh, my God. Up next is the longest continuously operating retailer in the world with an affinity for the best weed. And identification and eradication of Booth Galaxy Wide. He's known in the industry as Kaiser Brose in Detroit as White Gucci. Down in Florida, it's Gucci Blanco over in London. Across the pond, the Booth Free Bloke. Here to free all of your minds with a little dose of conservative reality is Jason Beck. What do you have for us on this beautiful Wednesday morning, my man? The 
suspected raw marijuana valued at over $28,000, as well as suspected marijuana-infused food products were seized. A criminal complaint for possession with intent to distribute in the second degree more than five pounds or less than 25 pounds of suspected marijuana, and the owners were cited for operating an establishment without a license and selling adulterated food products. The use of the marijuana and cannabis products are legal in New Jersey, but there are currently are no licensed adult-use cannabis dispensaries in Jersey City or anywhere in Hudson County for that matter. For these illegal dispensaries to circumvent those regulations, they should be held accountable, and they will be held accountable, and it is really unfair to the business owners that are going about it in the right way, but that's it. On Monday, the Quality of Life Unit seized approximately eight containers filled with suspected raw marijuana, suspected marijuana-infused food products, and approximately 25 boxes of illegal flavored tobacco products from Smoker's Paradise on Newark Avenue, Wallace Cesar said. The unit was altered to the illegal, excuse me, the unit was alerted to the illegal sales after officials from the city's Office of Code Compliance uncovered suspected illegal waste dumping by the shop. Wallace Leone said further investigation determined there was illegally selling, they were illegally selling suspected raw marijuana and evidence is currently being cataloged and charges are pending. Wallace Leone said, I hope that these two cases are an anomaly, but they do illustrate the importance of residents being our eyes and ears, which has the case with both the investigations started. So basically what they're saying is that someone snitched on both of these locations, and that's how they even got turned on to the shit had been said. Lawful dispensaries have have a double have a number of regulations imposed on them by the state that have been compliant with to ensure quality of life within the surrounding communities. Well, I'm gonna tell you what, I don't understand why someone's gonna set up a shop in New Jersey when you could just go twenty other minutes over to New York and set up a shop and not have any prosecutorial problems. But what a, who, who am I and what do I know about selling weed? And this is Jason Beck reporting for the State of Kansas News Hour. Jason, I know you don't love a snitch. However, <laughs> for this industry to move forward, with, they got to crack down. You got to take out the, the non-licensed people. And for the people who work so hard to get a license, they shouldn't have to compete with this bullshit. This absolutely should be enforced. And I say, good job, Jersey City. And... Snitches in Jersey. Good for you. <laughs> what I'm saying, Gretchen, what I'm saying is that I do not condone snitching. I think these regulatory bodies need to get out into the work field and actually do their fucking job instead of relying on the general public to just be snitches and then just I, fucking I agree. destroy it. I, I agree in a softer terms. <laughs> I do agree with Jason that like it, there has to be some type of thought and planning when you reg- when you legalize and you have no type of pipeline of being able to supply the demand that's going to be there and you know it's going to be a demand there what do you think is going to happen it is it is common sense that you're going to have a market that says um that is not not legalized it's going to say hey i'm going to take advantage of this and it makes it boggles my mind how lawmakers don't look at that when they're in the in the in the planning or in the process of legalization just doesn't make sense well i think Roz, that just speaks to how ignorant lawmakers are to what it takes to get a, a market up and running. They always grossly underestimate how much cannabis is going to be needed to sustain them. Um, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. Gretchen is pro snitch. Pro snitch. All right, let's keep, let's keep it. Gretchen, you are not pro snitch. Cut it out. I am definitely pro snitch. I mean, there are so many people who've worked so hard to get licenses. Why should they have to compete with people? And plus, hello, consumer safety. I don't know what the hell this guy is selling. I mean, no one's worried about consumer safety. People aren't dying from unadulterated weed products out there. I mean, come on, we're not having vape game two point all over again. Oh, Vicky 2.0 is a comment. People aren't realizing it because they stopped testing for it. Don't even. Nah, I, think, I think they're going to start just blaming that on monkey. Don't get me started. Follow the money. Follow the money. You'll find all the snitches. Who we got next, Jason? <laughs> Let's keep all smoking. Right. The news. Up next. That's right. She's a political strategist by day and a baker by night. A true female multitasker as well as a snitch promoter. 
who can not only bake up a store, but also knows how to make the sausage on Capitol Hill. She's the founder of Panopti Strategies and our very own Washington Insider. Taking off the apron, it's none other than Gretchen Gailey. Watch out for me, I will snitch. Um, my headline today is coming from Marijuana Moment. Uh, Congressman urges marijuana banking be added to defense bill, revealing positive new fiscal analysis. Uh, the House Speaker of a bipartisan marijuana banking bill says he will continue to push for the measure's inclusion as part of a large-scale defense bill, and that support should be bolstered by a new positive Congressional Budget Office analysis that found the reform would save taxpayer dollars if enacted. He also addressed a potential broader cannabis omnibus bill that's being discussed that could include this and other reforms. Representative Ed Perlmutter uh, spoke about the Safe Banking Act during a House Rules Committee meeting on Tuesday. For the second year in a row, the Congressman filed an amendment seeking to add the cannabis banking language to the NDAA. I'm trying to figure out every path possible to get this thing done so that fewer people are killed, uh, Perlmutter said, referring to deadly robberies at cash-intensive dispensaries. And this does involve international cartels, so that really is the nexus to the NDAA, uh, the criminal international component to this. The congressman has made set, uh, similar arguments as he pushed for safe banking as part of last year's NDAA. The House included the measure in its version of that bill at the time, but could not reach an agreement with the Senate to enact it as part of the final package. Representative Adam Smith, chairman of the House Armed Services Committee, said he agreed with Perlmutter that the issue is crucially important, and it's deeply troubling to me that we can't get the Senate to agree with us and address this. However, as the Rules Committee works through nearly 1,200 amendments to the NDAA, he signaled that there's a chance safe banking won't be enacted through the vehicle again, this time despite their mutual agreement that it should be. The ranking member on Armed Services, Representative Mike Rogers, said he similarly supports the banking measure as both a standalone bill and as an amendment, but the problem is that the Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer represents an obstacle as he continues to push for more comprehensive reform before advancing the incremental legislation. Perlmutter also said that there is hope that we can move forward with safe banking as the nucleus for a slightly broader type of effort. Uh, he is describing what is effectively a marijuana omnibus of modest reforms that are reportedly being considered in high-level bicameral talks. Cannabis banking could be a key component of that package, which might also include provisions related to marijuana research for military veterans, cannabis industry access to federal small business administration services, and incentivizing states to expunge prior marijuana records. In a perfect world, that will move forward in the Senate. I'm pretty sure we have the votes here in the House to pass something like that. Whether it's not as broad as some of the things that the majority leader has talked about, but it's substantial. I hope that the approach we take, otherwise we have to pursue through the NDAA, where the germane component. There's no questioning that the Safe Banking Act enjoys bipartisan support based on the six times that it's passed through the House in some form and the co-sponsorships that the companion, companion bill has in the Senate. But between Schumer's insistence on passing comprehensive reform first and the recalcitrance of Republican minority leadership in the chamber when it comes to marijuana issues, the measure's prospects of moving to the president's desk remain in doubt. It remains to be seen whether the CBO opinion will change the political dynamics in the Senate, but Perlmutter's office confirmed marijuana moment that they received a score that showed that the Safe Banking Act would result in a cost savings of about $500,000 over a 10-year period. Um, all I can say is pass safe banking. Uh, Perlmutter, he keeps making the charge, and I applaud the man for keep moving forward with this thing. Uh, $500,000 over 10 years isn't very much, uh, but it's something. Um, and I hope that these people can figure out what the hell they're doing. Um, and Chuck Schumer's bill, we are closing in quickly on August when he promised to have it out, and there is no sign that it's coming. Uh, so people need to stop holding out hope for some major uh, reform bill because it just ain't happening. Let's move this forward or move forward the omnibus bill that they are pushing. This scratch from State of Campus News Hour. So, Gretchen, so Gretchen, what's your thoughts on? So, are you kind of you're taking the position that with um, the number of days that are left in session for this year, that you don't see like um, a, a reform bill coming out this year? Is that Yes, absolutely. There are less than 20 days, working days left. And people don't realize this. If they don't go to work in August, they don't go work in October. They don't do right. shit. It's right. a, a, it's right. an 
there. So there's not enough time. Say he dropped it today. There's not enough time to get a hearing on the books. It's just not going to happen. So you. So, so is this a part of? Is this stonewalling deliberately, or is this just the the just the inevitability of you know we've had you know with the Roe versus Wade that happened and some of the gun law stuff that's been happening going around where it just ended up not having enough time to go through the process, or do you think it was stonewalled by folks that wanted to maybe? you know, act like it was like this was a priority, but re- really it wasn't a priority. I don't I don't think this is stonewalling at all. I think this is Chuck Schumer being completely fake, pretending to care about cannabis. This is the first time this guy's been around over 30 fucking years. And this year, all of a sudden he cares about cannabis. All of a sudden he's woke. That's bullshit. The man was trying to get reelected. He was trying to fight off a possible uh, primary fight with AP. He wants to come out and say, I'm for a pot, I'm for Rose versus Wade. He wants to come out saying all this shit. But when it actually comes down to it, he doesn't give a fuck. People need to understand this. Chuck Schumer is all about Chuck Schumer. And that is it. I mean, I mean. Uh, you're not wrong. I mean, and, I, and, I'm on, and I'm on the D side, but I do. I think, I think you know your system and you know how to get bills passed and you know how to build coalition. And, and, um, and especially if you're in control of the House and also the Senate. And I and um, I do believe that it is sad that we couldn't get some, just a basic banking reform bill passed. Um, you know, you know this year. It's more than sad, Rob. It's fucking pathetic. Okay, that the Democrats hold the House, the Senate, and the executive branch, and hasn't shit got done for cannabis reform. I mean, you keep on you keep on loading these bills up with pork, man. Like I know Gretchen, you're a fan of the pork and like all that shit, but you know it has been demonized. It's pork. They're loading it up. They're loading up I these bills. And it's not going to get passed. Safe banking, I think, does have hope as part of this omnibus package they're presenting. I don't think it'll be put out before the election. If it does, it'll get passed during the lame death session. Yeah, and that, you know what, but, but Rico, I was going to ask you a question. That was a question about this, your uh, comment about pork. Mm-hmm. And I was going to ask Gretchen, have we seen the bill from what we saw past the House and and to this point, have we seen added more um, stuff is put on, on on top of it that will make it kind of distasteful for someone to uh, to to get it attached to a bill like more pork than it than should be? It's it's not about pork. I mean, what they're trying to do is they're trying to like include it with the Hope Act, which is what they're talking about when they're talking about incentivizing states to expunge records. Sure. Uh, also, a piece of legislation about the SBA. And there's also help from military veterans. So they're trying to beef it up, frankly, to make it a little more comprehensive uh, to help get folks on on board on the left side. Um, Because, you know, Chuck and Cory Booker came out saying that they would do nothing um, unless there was some type of criminal justice reform, um, social equity component attached. And that's what they're that's what Colonel Mutter's folks are trying to do. And I think they will accomplish that. Um, and like I said before, I prefer much smaller piecemeal pieces of legislation because then you have to get someone to absolutely vote and say, no, I'm opposed to research for military veterans. I'm opposed to banking. If you give them a huge comprehensive 600 page bill, there's so much room for them to hide and vote no. Listen, uh, so, so Gretchen, let me say this like real quickly. I'm not opposed to the piecemeal shit, but I think the piecemeal shit is out of order. Um, you have to get banking done after you write the wrongs of the war on drugs and that that has been that has been my fucking stance from the beginning in order to not have uprising and in order for your snitching initiative to go through (laughs) Gretchen you gotta have you gotta take care of the people you gotta take care of the people first before you take care of the banks that's what I'm saying if you're looking to Congress to write the war on drugs that they created you're looking for the wrong place yeah. The war needs to be fought on a community level and work its way up. Change doesn't come from Washington. Change goes to Washington. The cannabis industry is different than all these other industries, and you're not going to be successful until you get the people on board first. Period. I disagree. The industry is part of the government. 
They don't give a shit one way or the well, other. Well, that, that's what I'm saying, and that's, and that's why motherfuckers are failing right now, and that's why it's not gonna. That's why it's not been smooth sailing like people thought it was going to be, because you have the people in the way in our industry. The shit came from the streets. The shit came from the people first. It did not come from uh, some lab somewhere. It did not come from capitalism. It, it was it was outside of the entire scope of capitalism, and that's why it's gonna stay. And that's why the trap will not fucking die with this. Are you saying? Hold on, are you saying that it didn't come from a lab at Wuhan? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Capitalism is not going to be part of this industry. You're fucking crazy. I didn't say that. This is not the police. Yeah, I believe our government and the Deep Pockets Corporation are one. They they are on the same page, and that's why we have people so stuck on safe baking without the other social equity pieces. Mm -hmm. You know, if we could do something. You know, something like Portugal, where people are getting tax breaks because they are hiring felons in their um, industry, in their cannabis businesses. You know, that would be that would be like coming to the middle. You know, but you all don't want felons to be able to participate in the industry. You know, applications and licensing fees are so high that only the rich can participate. You know, if we would meet in the middle and take felons out so they can actually participate and learn about business and, and learn about doing it the legal way, you know, I think we wouldn't be in this imp impasse. I agree. Uh, Dr. Felicia, those are states that, 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 that talk about the, the felon situation. There isn't a piece of federal legislation that addressed that felon issue. Uh, the uh, your your felon issues are the only issue that's addressed uh, that's addressing felons where there's not opportunity is the farm bill, which we are trying to fight for the 2022 farm bill to take out the felon ban because there is a felon ban inside of the farm bill, which is makes no sense. Dr. Felicia, I actually had a dream that I was a Portuguese man of war. But it, going back, going back, it was wet. Rico, your point about the people first, I, I agree with you 100%, and I think Gretchen does as well, but it's just the reality of our government and the way we have these lawmakers, and to be honest with you, there's lawmakers on the Democrat side that you would want to be able to lean in and, and get their support that are still so, like, obtuse when it comes to legalization of cannabis or even rewriting the war. They, they won't step out and say, you know, like, you step out and you will be very, you know, direct and intentional in your position but they don't have a position on it and not only do they not have a position they're not willing to speak out and risk their own political capital on the social um you know the distresses um that has caused the community and so at the end of the day if you can't win on that side you got to figure out where can you win that maybe you may not be able to get people to speak out on you know freeing the people but sometimes economics freeing the people is a better situation where if we can be able to then um, flip this around and help people be able to get into um, you know into this industry at the state level because right now we don't have a federal level or a federal mandate or federal regulations for cannabis it's all state by state by state and that's that is the just the, the honest truth of where we are right now Actually, Rob, you do have a federal mandate for cannabis, and that is that it's Schedule One, a legal substance. Yeah, pretty much. And if we're, we don't, the Democrats do not own the Senate. As long as Mansion and Cinema are there, the Democrats do not own it. They are acting functionally the as Republicans. The Senate. They are act, the they're acting functionally as Republicans. I'm sorry, they are. That is not reality. They, you know, they're actually acting as patriots. Oh my God! Just, 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 just like the insurrectionists, right? Patriots. If, if Chuck Schumer wanted to bring safe banking to the floor for a vote, that's his job. He could do it tomorrow. He won't do it. That's a Democrat being in the way. That's all we're talking about when we say the Dems aren't doing dick. Basically, it's Chuck Schumer's not doing it. Well, I think I think we've done a lot. I, I agree with you on that, Gretchen. I, I think we've done enough gaslighting, and it's time for us to relight. What say you, Jason? Oh, here we go. Your Daily Dose. The thoughts and opinions expressed in the State of Cannabis News Hour are those of the individual speakers and not those of any other speaker, the State of Cannabis, or its members. The statements made in the State of Cannabis News Hour do not constitute legal or accounting advice, and the State of Cannabis and the speakers make no representation regarding the legal status of any substance in any country, area, or territory, or of any authorities. Establish any fiduciary relationship. The sponsorships of the State of Cannabis News Hour do not imply or include any endorsement by the State of Cannabis or the expression of any opinion whatsoever on the part of the State of Cannabis or any speaker. Let's keep smoking in the news. That was a very lively conversation. But up next, she's an author, a torn attorney at law, focusing on the nexus point between cannabis 
entertainment, and psychedelics while providing excellent documentation of said exploits on social media and her appropriately titled podcast, Shall We Toke? At the same damn time. Bringing us the next story for today, it is Shalina Panu. Shalina, what do you have for us on this beautiful Wednesday morning? Thank you so much, Rico. Good morning, everyone. My name is Shalina, and my headline is coming out of Forbes and is written by Dario Sabagi. The headline reads, Albania may legalize export-only medical cannabis and industrial hemp. According to a recent survey, 308,000 Albanian citizens voted in favor of the legalization of medical cannabis, 148,000 voted against it, and 51,000 had no opinion on the issue. The draft for the expert-only medical cannabis and industrial hemp bill in Albania would establish a national agency for the control and monitoring of the cultivation and processing of the cannabis plant for medical and industrial purposes and the production of its byproducts. Further, the bill would allow medical cannabis and industrial hemp production for up to 150 hectares of land starting from uh, 2023. The Council of Ministers would issue licenses for cannabis production for 15 years with the right of renewal. Um, Cannabis businesses that want to operate in Albania's medical cannabis and industrial hemp sectors must have capital over 86,000. They must employ at least 15 people and they must pay a fee of 1.5% of the annual company turnover. The bill is currently available for public comment on the public consultation website and then will be sent to parliament. The Albanian government announced on Thursday, June 30th, the plan for companies that have such experience in European countries. A few days before this announcement, the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime ranked Albania seventh out of 154 countries for the cultivation and distribution of cannabis in its 2022 World Drug Report. Albania is considered one of the largest outdoor producers of illegal cannabis in Europe. The Italian Institute for International Political Studies reported that Albanian organized crime built up one of Europe's largest outdoor cannabis cultivations for over two decades. Albania is also known as the hub of drug trafficking. The country serves as a sorting center for heroin coming from the east to be trafficked across Europe. An Albanian politician um, named Albej wrote on Facebook, their criteria and procedures defined in the draft law clarify that the licenses for this activity will only benefit Rama's friends and allies. To know, Evi Ramai is the prime minister of Albania. Um, Albej further states, everyone knows that in a country where criminality and corruption are at the highest levels, keeping this activity under control is impossible. In particular, he referred to the case of Samir Tahiri, the former interior minister under Rama's cabinet. Tahiri was sentenced in 2022 to three years and four months in prison because he facilitated drug trafficking for a criminal group through his inaction and received gifts from its members during his term in office. What are your thoughts on a possible expert-only cannabis bill in Albania? My name is Shalina, and I'm reporting for the State of Cannabis News Hour. It'll be interesting to see who can get get the uh, bring everyone into the legal market first, Albania or the United States. It's, this seems like it's not going to happen for either one. So, Shalina, does it talk about any type of um, restrictions on THC percentages? That they're referring to in Albania, or is this actually a real cannabis bill and not just a, a, a hemp bill? I didn't see anything about that, um, but I'll double check. So this would be better than Thailand, you're saying? Better than Thailand in what sense? Well, because Thailand has the same uh, artificial bullshit 0.3 THC percentage, so they're basically only growing hemp in Thailand, even though they're advertising that they're growing weed. That's fake news, Jason. That is that, that is fake news because. In Thailand, that is only for their um, edible products. Their actual flower in Thailand, there is no cap at this time. And they, I don't know they have I medical. That, they have medical in Thailand, and they just haven't uh, released the adult use. It's just a process. Yeah, there's there's a, there's a cap on the um, the THC content for I believe it's edibles or anything sold as uh, food items in Thailand. We actually looked into that. Uh, the flour, there is no cap on flour, so you can make flour as strong as you want in Thailand as of right now. And they have a huge, strong uh, home grow program as well there. So uh, there's there's a lot of variety. So I'm sure they have a strong home grow uh, thing going on out there because they don't have the manpower to have real enforcement. Or woman power. I'm wondering, and I know this is probably a stupid idea, um, if this will just open up the door for Jim Belushi to, you know, take his <laughs> farm overseas, given his uh, Albanian heritage. <laughs> what? 
Is he really out? <laughs> that, that took a turn. I didn't think it was. Gretchen with the celebrity news of the day. <laughs> All about those Albanian roots. Maybe uh, maybe Action Bronson too. I know he's Albanian. Well, what about what about Beck Lover? Who? Beck Lover, bro. You don't know Beck Lover, bro. You gotta follow him, bro. He's fucking amazing. Anyone named Beck, we follow. Anyone. It's a, That's what I'm saying, bro. It sounds like a, uh, a a porn star name to me. I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be googling that right now. <laughs> is she is Albanian. Beck lover, lover, lover is Albanian, yes. I love it. Well, who we got next, Jason? Let's keep smoking these these, these news stories. All right, well, coming up next, is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, it's a delivery van. With a delivery smoother than DHL and a price point lower than FedEx. That's right, it's Clark Kent Delivery. Coming next to the stage is Christopher Smith. He's the communications strategist and publisher of the American Cannabis Report. What do you have this morning for us, Clark? Well, now I have that John Belushi and Jim Belushi are Albanian. That's pretty good news. Uh, good morning. Thank you, Jason, for the intro. Thank you, Rico. Hello out there, Susan. My story today uh, is a blend of several, actually, all having to do with situations in Native American communities with regard to cannabis. The lead story was from the New Mexico political report, Growing Forward, Tribal Governments Navigate Legal Cannabis. So. Uh, for years, as conversations and debates in Congress and state legislatures about legalizing cannabis took place, an often overlooked piece of the puzzle was what legalization meant for tribal governments. In most states that have legalized recreational use cannabis, state governments have entered into agreements with sovereign nations, allowing tribes to set up their own cannabis programs. New Mexico, for example, recently signed two of those kinds of agreements, which allow both of the, the Picurus and Pohuacic uh, pueblos to grow and sell cannabis, sorry for my pronunciation, um, which will presumably deter federal officials from intervening. The Picurus tribe mentioned uh, has been threatened for years by local law enforcement, for example, that they could be prosecuted for participating in the legal medical marijuana program in the state. That fact became evident recently when a man who lived on Picurus land but is not a member had his entire personal grow raided by the Bureau of Indian Affairs. Neither the man nor the tribe was ever federally charged, so they were just rousting them. Um, the hope is that the New Mexico agreement will stop that kind of nonsense. So keeping the U.S. and state governments out of Indian affairs is a major theme these days. That's why I picked the story. The U.S. Supreme Court just ruled last month uh, to expand states' rights over tribes in a case that's centered in Oklahoma. To be clear, there's a quote from the uh, from the, the justice who wrote the uh, wrote the majority opinion. To be clear, the court today holds that Indian country within a state's territory is part of a state, not separate from the state. That was Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, the main effect of this ruling was to allow states to prosecute non-Indians who commit crimes against Indians on their land. But the larger theme of allowing states to have jurisdiction over the tribes, which is a decision that scholars of Native American law have said was a major departure from long-standing precedent. So how this relates to cannabis is, in March, a coalition of nine U.S. senators sent a letter to Attorney General Mark Garland urging him to direct federal prosecutors not to interfere with marijuana legalization policies enacted by the tribes. The senators urged the Attorney General to reinstate prosecutorial discretion and allow U.S. attorneys to deprioritize cannabis enforcement where states and tribes have legalized cannabis. And just last week, there was a meeting in Washington. The Senate committee held a listening session about tribal issues where cannabis was a featured topic. The tribes there included the Seneca Nation of Indians, Suquamish Tribe, Pueblo of Laguna, the Kumaye Nation, Puyallup Tribe, and Santee Sioux. Uh, the tribal cannabis language is one of several cannabis-related proposals that have been filed in spending bills for various agencies over the past week. So this is a red-hot topic all over. Um, the new House cannabis provision, for example, says that no federal funds appropriated to agencies within Interior, Justice, Bureau of Indian Affairs, or Office of Justice Services could be used to enforce federal laws criminalizing the use, distribution, etc., of cannabis. 
This is very similar to what he used to say in the Wilkinson memo that was rescinded by Jeff Jeff Sessions when uh, Trump was in office. Um, But this new section comes with contingencies that were not seen before and that are consistent with what the Supreme Court is doing, including a policy stating that federal funds could still be used to interfere in tribal cannabis activity if the territory is located in a state that maintains prohibition. Again, it's an infringement of tribal rights to self-determination. The question is, are the tribes sovereign nations or not? Supreme Court is saying no. Congress is saying no. And what does that mean when the tribes want to trade with each other, for example? It's going to go across state lines, perhaps. All of these things, are, to me, are leaving this, the tribes exposed uh, to more interference. Meanwhile, uh, so hearkening back five years in Nevada, the Eli Shoshone tribe and the Yerington Paiute tribe entered cannabis compacts with their state. And finally, uh, the Shinnecock Nation in New York just broke ground in Southampton for a new dispensary. And activist Shanai Bullock said, what we're doing with this sacred plant is going to heal not only the Shinnecock community, but people around the world. We're giving the plant a voice again. So let's hope the white community shops there and otherwise stays out of their way. And I'm done speaking. We just got to know like <clears throat> that elections have consequences. And, you know, I just got to point back to that Supreme Court decision a couple of weeks ago that nobody really talked about, like people's, whether you're native or whether you're, you're an immigrant or whatever, people's rights are being taken away left and right. And you've got to make sure that you know who these judges are that are being put in place to make sure that uh, the, the folks' rights are protected and not more and more taken away on a daily basis. We'll just keep it at that. What was, the basis, what was the basis of, of the Supreme Court decision that ruled that, uh, the, that, that the tribes don't have their own sovereignty? This Oklahoma case was about a particularly heinous crime of a man against a young child. Um, and I believe the Supreme Court felt that he wasn't prosecuted heavily enough because the tribe didn't have jurisdiction over him because he's non-tribal. And so the state felt it needed to step in to basically um, put that guy away for longer. Um, but in a, it's a far-reaching decision to allow the, the allow the states to then come on tribal land and prosecute when tribal authorities are supposed to do that. So that was the And I also think it's, it's important to note that um, it was a 5-4 decision. It was not a 6-3 decision. Merrick Garland was very vocal about opposing that. Christopher, thank you for the story. Do we know if the new Secretary of the Interior is having any impact at all? Um, as as uh, Rico said, elections do have consequences, and President Biden did select an Indian as the first Secretary of the Interior. Um, so I, I would hope that her presence could help them. You know, Deb Holland. Deb Holland, I think so. Yeah, I think so. She's certainly got her hands full with things like this, and this is a, obviously something that comes in from left field. Um, hopefully, she'll be able to uh, accomplish a lot while uh, while she's in the position. So. I just want to give a shout out to Sinead with the Shinnecock Nation. She's a, a friend and she's a young woman. If you've never met her before, she's so dynamic, so much energy. And she's been driving um, their um, initiative and in getting this off the ground, not only from a retail perspective, but I know they're also looking at how they can also be the head of their. I think we lost you right there. So, Sorry about Raj. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. I had a call coming in. No, I was just going to say, just giving her a shout out because I, if you've never met her before, um, she's just strong. She's she's um, she's brilliant. Um, she's just so much life and tenacity, and she's not going to give up. And that's where, honestly, the American dream is that type of attitude. And um, just want to give her some love. Most deaf. So let's keep smoking the news here. Up next is Florida-based international bounce lady. Holds down head honcho duties for the ultimate lifestyle brand, Black Buddha Cannabis. But that ain't it. She's also maintained dual titles for six years as founder and CEO of Minorities for Medical MJ at the same damn time. And coming to the stage next, Roz McCarthy. What you got for us today, Roz? Happy Florida oh God. Wednesday. What I got for you is I can't find my glasses. Oh, my God. I just had my glasses. Yeah, I just do with them, guys. Um, Roz, you should get some contacts. They're, on, they're on your head. They should, they're not. I just, just had. Oh my god! You gotta put you gotta put your weed goggles on. <laughs> oh my god! 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 O
can't see crap without my glasses. Guys, I'm so sorry. Um, you, you want us to come back to you? You going to get Shalina's in? Do you mind? I'm sorry. Do we, do we need a pinch reader? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry, guys. Just, just circle back around in a few minutes. I'll have them. Roz, you're our, you're our last speaker today. So there is no <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay, Roz. We can talk. Uh, we can talk shit about uh, Ron DeSantis. <laughs> I got him. 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 Amazing. Listen, I got him. I got him. I'm here. I'm here. Bring it. Bring us home, Roz. I'll bring it. I'll bring us home. I'll make it. I'll make this a good one. Let's go. This is from marijuana moment, guys. Um, this is from Bill Clinton. Not from Bill Clinton, but from Cal Yeager. And it says, Bill Clinton thinks CBD study shows very encouraging results in search for opioid alternatives to treat pain, company says. Former President Bill Clinton says the results of a clinical trial into the efficacy of CBD and pain management are very encouraging. And he's emphasizing the importance of exploring alternatives to opioid-based painkillers, according to a press release from the company that supplied the cannabinoid for the study. The former president, who notoriously admitted to using marijuana in his youth, he did but denied that he inhaled, has apparently been following the progress of cannabinoid trials at NYU Lagone, which relied on products supplied by Orcosa that contained CBD provided by TR Processing, the latter company announced on Tuesday. The Clinton Foundation has worked for years to reduce opioid addiction and death, Clinton was quoted as saying in the press release. To succeed, we need non-addictive alternatives to pain management. The results of the trial conducted by NYU with TRP's CBD ingredient are very encouraging, and, and I'm eager to see the results of the next round. The results of the clinical trial, which involved 99 participants aged 18 to 75 who underwent rotator cuff sur surgery, found that Orcosa CBD tablet Oravex significantly decreased post-operative pain compared to the placebo without any serious side effects. Marijuana Moment reached out to Clinton Foundation, a former president's office, for additional comment, but, they, but a representative was not immediately available. The new statement on the result tracks with comments the former president reportedly made earlier this year, talking about emerging research into cannabidiol as an effective treatment that can help combat pain. In any case, TRP also said on Tuesday that a former White House deputy drug czar, Andrea Barthwell, has joined the company's board of directors and will be leading a division of the business dedicated to developing patented therapeutics. Barthwell has been sharply criticized by advocates over prior dismissive and misleading claims she made about medical cannabis, suggesting it amounted to snake oil before going on to assist JW Pharmaceuticals as they worked to get approval for the cannabinoid-based drug she says, I'm excited about TRP's focus on responsible development of cannabinoids and believe patients, physicians, and pharmaceutical companies are looking for safe and effective solutions for pain management and general health and well-being. With respect to Clinton, his administration opposed efforts to legalize medical cannabis and even took the extreme step of threatening to revoke the DEA's prescribing licenses for doctors who recommended marijuana to patients in accordance with the state law. Also, despite pleas to reduce the racially disparate crack cocaine sentencing disparity, the former president took no action to remediate the issue. He also rejected requests to lift a federal ban on harm reduction policies like syringe exchange programs. So in, as I wrap up this story, <laughs> President Clinton, we're happy to see that you're on board. But man, your history and the history on the war on drugs and looking at this plant from a medical perspective has been, you know, literally... Um, has did nothing when he had to, when he was empowered to do something, and so it's kind of interesting to see that he's coming out now and giving all this positive support to CBD and cannabis. So I'm Ross McCarthy signing off. I have my glasses for the State Cannabis News <laughs> Hour. I would love to hear my colleagues your thoughts, and um, I'm sure you got something to say, Jason. I just hold on. Oh yeah, I was yeah. One sto a story with CBD, snake oil. And Bill Clinton, I know Jason Beck is his head is just ready to explode. What you got for us, Jason? Oh my god! And they're going to be hand delivered by Donald J. Trump. Yeah. Um, because it's so, yep. it's very, so uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's not Clinton, Ross. I'm sure it's Donald J. Trump. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
we'll take it as it is, but, you know, it's a dollar late um, when you were in a position of power, political power, and especially, you know, we, we remember the war on drugs time, and, you know, President Clinton didn't help that cause back then, and, we, and I do remember when it was up for debate whether physicians, if they were, um, recommended um, medical marijuana, if they would get their licenses revoked and all of that stuff, that, which is so, I mean, it happened, and it's been a long time, but we don't forget. So I think that's an important, I think that's an important point that you just made there, Roz, um, because uh, Joe Biden's in the same fucking position. Well, and I would just say, while, you know, Bill Clinton may be a little late to the, to the show here, um, we need to take whatever support we can get. Right. And the last thing I want is support from fucking Bill Clinton. However, uh, Bill, Cl- Bill Clinton and Joe Biden are very good pals. Um, Clinton has provided a lot of support to his administration. And if you can get Clinton on board to maybe help push Uncle Joe over the finish line, that could be a good thing. Can can the sins... Could the sins can the sins of yesterday be forgotten and forgiven to give us credence for the promise of tomorrow? Well, since you want to talk about the sins of the past, Rico, I mean, I remember when President Clinton was first. Lost you there. You remember when he was what? Possibly was going to be our next president. However, he he raided Sixth Street, the Sixth Street facility. That was the only facility that was open in the Bay Area at that time. And all came in, fucking wrecking ball, fucking destroyed the place, closed it down, and fucking all of those different operators that were operating in their different managers and whatnot scattered throughout the city, popped up other shops all throughout the city as a result of that. Are, are we really going to take the stance that people can't change, people can't evolve, fuck them? I didn't say that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I didn't say that at all. I didn't say that at all. I'm saying that I don't believe that Clinton has changed or any of this shit. I think he's hopping up on a bandwagon because he has, he has some political interest or financial interest in some CBD somewhere, somehow. It's like every, that's, that's everybody, though. That's everybody with any kind of political background. I believe, I believe, I believe people can change, but, but the person who said that cannabis is snake oil, the plant medicine that people been using, our ancestors have been using for thousands of years. Did that, say, I did not that say person, snake oil, that is a mystery. No, no, no. No, that's no, what, no, no, Clinton. It's in the story. It's in the story. In Barthwell, in an article, she said that she was a part of, she's now part of this new team. She was initially talking about it with snake oil. Then she joined GW Pharmaceuticals and worked with them on the release of their CBD cannabinoid um, drug. And yeah, like, she's, I mean, she definitely switched up. Yeah, the price, the price was raised. The, 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 the price got right. Yes. <laughs> Hold on. So Bob Barker, Yesterday, it's not today's price. Yeah, you said it, not me, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Jason. What was your, what was your point, Jason? I was saying, I is Bob Barker getting on the CBD craze too now? I would not be surprised. He's always talking about spaying and neutering your dogs. I'm sure he's down with some CBD treatments as well. All I'll say is this, is that, you know, we've seen Boehner, who was totally, you know, again, he was a Speaker of the House for so many years, and he came out and was driving things and has a financial, you know, um, I think some financial connection to the industry. Yes. Boehner was the Speaker of the House and that allowed for the Warbacher Bar Amendment to be introduced. Don't don't you dare, don't you dare put a shield around John Boehner. Yeah, one at one point at one point Donald Trump he was a fan of Jeff Epstein and he went over to his island, but now he changed. He's a different man. <laughs> he, he's no longer about that life. People change. <laughs> that was a great show, everybody. <laughs> if you missed any of it, you can catch it. 
You can catch it anywhere you get your podcast. So please subscribe and leave us a review. Big thank you to all the correspondents who comb through all the headlines every single day to bring us just what we need to know. A big thank you to my co-host Jason Beck and Susan Sorries over there on Clubhouse behind the scenes. Susan, that's on Twitter Spaces. Hopefully Nanograms will be back with us tomorrow, but she is behind the, uh, behind the scenes now and we are getting our shit together one piece at a time. Jason, any final words for us before we uh, knock it out of park here? Hope everyone has an amazing, amazing hump day today. Absolutely. Keep it humping because it's fucking Friday. Um, it's, it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday, Rico. It's not fucking Friday yet, bro. It's Friday. It's Friday somewhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that too. (laughs) In a sustainable way. Start your morning on a high note. Join us every weekday, 9 a.m. Pacific time, for the State of Cannabis News Hour. Wednesdays or Fridays. Daily Dose. (laughs) Every day has been Tuesday since March 2020. I love you guys. Say goodbye, Jason. Hasta luego. Bye.